Welcome to FinTech Fridays. Oh yeah! A weekly podcast brought to you by the National Crowdfunding and FinTech Association of Canada and Partners. Covering all things FinTech, blockchain, P2P, AI, and alternative finance. Hey everybody, Mason Connor, and thank you for tuning in to another fantastical episode of the FinTech Friday podcast. This week, I'm super excited to have Vit from Turnkey Lender. Vit, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Hello, happy to be here, and thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So Vit, could you, for the, I guess, five or six audience members that may not know who you are and what your company does, could you just give us a rundown of a little bit of your background and what Turnkey Lender is? Okay, sure. So I'm a chief product officer at Turnkey Lender. I'm in this business for about 10 years now. I've been in this company for since the very beginning. So this gives me a good understanding of all the processes in fintech and digital lending. The Turnkey Lender is a provider of intelligent lending automation. We were the first company to offer bank-grade software for the businesses of any kind. And we're focusing on digitalization, processes automation, and long decision-making. But we're pretty much covering all the long life cycle from the origination of the collection and through, of course, the decision-making. So we have a line of products. The box version that can be delivered within a day and uh, with all the required functionalities to start lending. And the enterprise solution for more sophisticated clients. This is a tool that allows you to build uh, business processes of uh, any complexity without coding. So you can put it as a kind of Lego constructor where you can build and automate your processes with uh, blocks. We're a Singapore-based company. We have offices in U.S., in Ukraine, Indonesia, and Malaysia. Yeah, that, that, that's incredible. I, I like the Lego uh, analogy that you use. I think that's going to make it a lot easier for the audience members, especially to really understand the really amazing work that you guys are doing. So could you just talk a little bit more of the approval processes, right? And how it kind of differs from the other alternative lenders? Yeah, sure. So the decision-making and the approval process is still the biggest challenge for the lenders. We understand that this is also the main risk source in their business. So we provide several layers of the decision-making process using both traditional and alternative approaches. So it goes like this first. You have the fraud prevention tool where you analyze information from internal and external sources like ML and terrorists and other fraud lists. Then you have alternative scoring with more information from client house filling the application form, how fast he's typing, how the application details if they were copy-pasted, if there are too many replacements of attachments, this gives us an understanding if this is a bot filling the application or if is it a real client. Now, then we analyze also the mobile data, which is like mobile usage, number of contacts and so on, because uh, uh, according to our statistics, uh, about 80% of application coming from mobile platforms right now. After that, we have uh, the bank account statements analysis, and uh, after that goes the internal scorecard, uh, which is the um, decision engine uh, that we provide out of the box. It's powered by our artificial intelligence. Uh, it learns about the borrowers and uh, during the life cycle of the loans, right? 
and adjust in time by having more accurate and precise decisions uh, later on when we have enough of data to analyze. Right. So um, with, uh, with more like advanced package, you can also have the champion challenge uh, scorecards with, uh, for example, if you want to have 10 or 15% of more risky applicants, and this is how you apply this one. And also we provide, of course, the scoring reports for our plans to analyze and track the performance and to fine tune in future the scorecard. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah, so, no, 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 I was gonna say that, yeah, that's incredible. I'm glad that you have um, multiple like contingency plans of when it comes to like actually like vetting and approving the process, right? Like even, okay. even, even, though, even though the process, I mean, as you know, as Turnkey Lender does claim that it, it is it is very fast. Um, it's, it's it's incredible that like even though it is fast, you still have multiple layers of channels that you have to kind of go through. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And this is uh, like uh, it has uh, all those layers, and you actually can combine several of those. Uh, so we also have uh, like artificial intelligence with. Uh, image forgery detector, for example, to analyze if the attachments were replaced. Uh, this is like an additional module that can be included. And all of this uh, is uh, combined all together, or you can just choose uh, partially if to use one block or to use another one, because for different markets, it's different. And for different uh, auditories, it's also different, right? And so you just can choose which of those you want to use. So you do have the option to pick and choose the blocks that are appropriate for you and you know your business and your auditors. Could you talk about like the biggest technological challenges that alternative lenders face and how does turnkey lenders solve them? Sure. So uh, from my point of view, the biggest uh, ones is, uh, first of all, of course, the regulations uh, that we're having from our governments. There are literally a lot of them right now, and it's getting uh, even worse because governments were restricting those regulations. And we, of course, understand that it's on a good uh, purpose. Uh, but, so we need to comply with that. And uh, so in case of uh, Tonky Lander, it's, uh, for example, we have signed up an agreement with Thomson Raiders uh, to streamline those regulatory compliance for the clients in different countries, because each country has their own compliance. And uh, also, you want to buy a solution that is flexible enough uh, to fit the regulations that are not there yet, but yet to come, yet to follow by the government. Right? So the second thing is uh, you, the need of uh, one-day fund transfer for the uh, organizations and for borrowers. So solution for that is in Turnkey Lender that is uh, fast decision making where you can provide a decision within seconds and you can uh, transfer funds to client with uh, some kind of uh, automation of payment provider. Comparing it uh, to uh, taking days or even weeks in the past, so this is a huge, huge change, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the third one, I would say that it's the growing uh, competition among lenders due to significant lowering of the entry barrier to the market. And uh, this is uh, also, we uh, provide the faster decision making, uh, which uh, allows your business to 
grow faster and uh, provide better decision and uh, lowering risk, of course. And uh, it's the intuitive user interface for the borrowers because each unobvious question or unobvious step in the application process and know your customer uh, process, it lowers your sales funnel. Right. That makes total sense. Um, how do you see the role of AI in digital lending now uh, and in the near future? Because you have mentioned a couple of times, you know, how what would differentiate you guys, I mean, from other, other lenders and what kind of makes you guys a little bit more pulling ahead is the fact that you guys actually use AI to the most the fullest advantage currently um, to make sure your loaning process, your vetting process and security and just, just to make sure the whole, like you can optimize every single block to the fullest potential. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So uh, the first uh, usage of the AI uh, is obviously uh, for chatbots that we uh, can see this support automates their first level and second level uh, usually and uh, like using bots to kind of answer the questions uh, faster. But what's uh, the biggest application for me as I see it is the risk evaluation and of course the decision in process. So the AI usage uh, helps us to provide more accurate analysis in predicting the expected future behavior for a client and uh, therefore to provide more precise uh, decision making. So the learning curve for the AI is exponential. In in nearest couple of years, we're going to get the huge leap in this. Right, right. right. Yeah, because you can totally mitigate a lot more risk, right? Um, having an AI, like having being able to map out certain behaviors of who you're lending out to, you get to know, you know, um, aside from who they are um, from the financial statements and from their history and like, aside from all the documents that they, that they, that you guys already require, um, having an additional layer of AI to learn, you know, their behavior patterns and just, and just to kind of trend to see what they're going to do in the next five years. I, I believe that's very important for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, and, uh, if I may add, so yeah, please do, no, please do cuts the operational cost because you don't need to have like 20, 30 people in, in the office for decision making. You can automate it at all and provide decision within seconds. So this also eliminates the human error and uh, it helps you to cut costs eventually, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I, absolutely. And, and like you can even start, again, adding more uh, and actually this opens up the door to add more blocks in the future of, you know, having even more criterias of getting approved for loans or, 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 or what it, or the, what case may be. You guys do something really interesting called cloud lending. Could you explain a little bit more of what cloud lending is and why it's going to become a trillion dollar year over year industry? Yeah, sure. So cloud lending is uh, really exploding. And uh, so we host all our uh, solutions uh, in, in the cloud, uh, of course. And for uh, each, uh, like if it's a retailer or even a dentist want to extend uh, their business and to go online, uh, or is it a fintech startups? So a lot of new players coming into the market. And uh, of course, they have uh, like own challenges and many businesses uh, struggle with the entry barrier. but with uh, the box platform that we provide, it can be deployed within a day. So, and it's ready to use. 
and uh, compare it to the like millions of dollars that banks were investing in R&D uh, to have the same functionality in the past. So uh, the way we see it is launching a, a web platform, a cloud platform for lending is uh, as easy as a WordPress site, which uh, like was really heavy 10 years ago and now it's a matter of hours. And uh, so we're even hosting it for you. So you don't need to pay for hosting separately on for domain name. So we have it all uh, in one place. Uh, you just buy a subscription and you go with uh, with your landing platform. That's incredible. That makes it a lot more easier to use. <laughs> I like the WordPress analogy. How do, you, how do you see technology changing in the lending space in the next five years? Yeah, first of all, the one that we just discussed, the AI usage, of course. Uh, now, the second thing I would uh, mention is uh, the whole life cycle of the loan automation. And it's not, not only the uh, AI usage, but all the flows that are being uh, now automated with uh, lending solutions. So it's also eliminating the human error and speeding up the process. It's all about processes automation, actually. So things like uh, servicing and collection, reporting, underwriting, even notifications are all automated now. And uh, you don't need, uh, once again, 20 people to manage uh, the software. It can be one uh, engineer who's uh, sitting in, uh, in the office and uh, fine-tuning the software. And it works just as it is. Uh, no... Uh, additional features required, everything's in place already. Now, the one more thing worth mentioning is an expansion to underbanked or unbanked regions and new demographics, because as far as I remember, it is two and a half billion people who cannot get access to banks right now in the world, right? So it's a uh, half of entire population of the planet. And uh, in really developed countries, the customer acquisition cost is already high and it continues to grow. This why is many financial institutions having branches of, uh, their, of their software to go with underbanked regions and demographics. And this is uh, what's gonna uh, change in nearest years, of course, because uh, for example, we're providing an international version of our solution that also you can just uh, choose the country you're operating with and change, it automatically change the uh, unique identifier, uh, like SSN number, for example, and the date format, the currency, the language, and uh, it's, uh, it switches and it's ready to go and you can work with it. So in example, for uh, with... In Asia, uh, they have a lot of rural banks and fintechs trying to reach out offline lenders uh, outside of the big cities and do provide loans with them. So we can see that industry is growing faster. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you did bring up a good point of like the fact that there are 2 billion people that are getting underserviced. And I think the future of that is very bright. I think there's a ton of opportunity there um, for helping you know, very under, underdeveloped countries and just bank, like, you know, just, just infrastructure in and of itself and being, being able to serve these kind of people and, you know, help them develop, help them, you know, like foster 
new growing economies that in and of itself is very exciting because like so much like so many new innovations and just ideas and just like so many amazing things are going to come out of that and that to me is um that that's going to be very very exciting yes absolutely i totally agree with you and uh, hopefully Elon Musk will cover the earth with uh internet connection very soon and all those people will be able to reach the internet with uh, with loans to be able to grow their businesses because right now they just cannot access uh, the, their banks right yeah and sure. in the future in next like few years they will be able to get loans for their business and uh, start to get in profit Right. Yeah, for sure. And just and just now start to become like an actual player, right? In whatever space they may be in, right? So that that that's very, very exciting. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. So I guess how does alternative lending impact industries, I guess such as telecom and like medicine then? Okay. Let's start with medicine first, right? Because uh, medical is uh, they say that twenty first century is going to be a, a century of medicine and biotech. And the industry is uh, going to be bigger every year. I believe that in 10 or 15 years, you will be able to replace your arm with a bionic one if you want. But the costs for this uh, such kind of uh, surgeries are uh, really high. And uh, so where the lending comes in and uh, you have to get sometimes the services very fast and you don't have money. And now you get a loan from this organization. And the, third, the second one is uh, telecom, and uh, pretty the same logic uh, goes uh, there. When a user doesn't have money on their balance, uh, they, should be, they should be instantly offered with the, with the credit line to continue communicating so they could repay it later on. And the second use case for telecoms is that they should be uh, able to get a new uh, tablet or new phone uh, right from the office of the telecom. Uh, so they are starting to finance in their, their retails and you don't have to go to bank anymore. You can get it right in place. Yeah, so that's why I think it's gonna be big uh, in the next uh, couple of years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The medicine, yeah, I never, I never thought of it in the medicine field of like, hey, you know, <laughs> you want a new bionic arm, awesome. Uh, well, there's a cost for that, right? I, I was like, oh, that makes that now that makes a lot more sense, especially now with like the new, I guess like now like we have robotics in medicine and like you know you can actually like sooner or later we're able to replace any single body part we can. Absolutely agree with you. Looking forward into this uh, into that future. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So am I. I can't I can't wait for that too. Um, are there any other spaces um that Turnkey Lender are looking into? Yeah, sure. So we think that retail uh, will be uh, big also. Oh, okay. Uh, For example, the in-house retail, if you're producing anything, uh, you can just provide also services uh, like lending services for that. And you will be able to beat the competitors with uh, that you just provide an installment program. Uh, You're increasing your sales. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, very simple, but it's very effective. Because the sales rises. Right? Yeah, for sure. Because now you have the one advantage compared to competitors of, hey, you know what? Sure, we sell, I don't know, um, artisanal couches, whatever, 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 whatever. I don't know, whatever you might be selling. Um, yeah. If you don't have the full, if, if you don't have the full amount, that's okay. We actually offer financing terms, and these are the actual financing terms. So yeah, no, I, I agree yeah. with you. 
And uh, the business uh, gets their interest, mm -hmm. the customer gets uh, the loyalty, uh, mm -hmm. and the, there are more clients, and there's no downside uh, in, this, uh, in this approach, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I absolutely agree with you. So aside from, I guess, like telecom, retail, um, are there any other industries that you think alternative lending is going to impact next, and why? Actually, I think lending will be huge uh, in nearest future. Uh, oh. That's what you mentioned, uh, like one trillion dollars. Uh, yeah, for the for, yeah for the, for the cloud lending. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it can be anything. It can be commerce. It can be medicine, retail, anything. It can be just installment loans, uh, consumer loans, just anything. And the the underbank regions that we were discussing, right? So, however, the population will be uh, getting loans. Okay, so so a little insight into the trends of the lending industry. I mean, such as PDP lending, in-house financing, which we talked about, debit financing, you know, factoring invoicing. Could you discuss the areas a little bit more in detail, and how do you see them, you know, developing more in the recent years? Yeah, sure. So um, once again, the underbanked regions, for example, uh, not just uh, crowd lending and uh, like crowdfunding. Uh, it can be peer-to-peer -peer for businesses in Africa, for example. Okay. Where, uh, they want to extend their business. They, for example, produce some uh, great goods, but they don't have this capital to get growing. So they, with the peer-to-peer, -peer, they can access funds from UK and US for, from developed countries, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just getting those money to extend their business. And this is a uh, very, um, uh, like, efficient loans uh, with uh, low risks actually because they have collateral on their businesses right, right. so they're pretty sure that they will be able to uh, give it back uh, the loan within like short terms uh, for business it's two years three years and this is very effective and uh, for uh, those uh, lenders uh, for those businesses in Africa they just uh, cannot get funding without it Right? Uh, so this is the only source and the fastest source of funds that they can access. So the yeah, upper to peer is great also. Right. And this, this kind of, this kind of goes in the conversation of like open banking, right? Of like, now you're going to have, let's stick with the Africa example, right? Of like, you have a business in Africa, um, they need money to actually start the business up or pay off whatever they need to pay off. And, you know, they can, they can actually start getting more competitive rates of, you know, Hey, let's, let's look at the banks in UK and let's look at the banks in like Germany or like the bank or the banks in like Sri Lanka. Let's, let's see like what all the rates are, what do we get? And like, it's kind of creating a more, of a, of a really creative, uh, or not creative, creative and competitive marketplace uh, for businesses to kind of have a lot more options and not be as, and not, and I'll have such a high bar of entry. Yes, ex exactly. And also worth mentioning that for uh, developed countries, the uh, percentage for loans will be 3%, right? Mm -hmm. And for Africa, uh, the usual percentage might be like 12% or 14%. And right. uh, this is okay for them because they just uh, don't have an access to money. So for developed countries, they have uh, the high interest for uh, non-developed or developing countries is uh, to get money faster. So the economy of the world is growing because of that, because uh, money is distribution from one region to another. And they are uh, like... Uh, the money is in the place in Africa for producing goods and for selling goods. So the economy rises uh, all over the world because of that. Right. No, absolutely. And that, that, that's, you know, it's really helping fuel the flame of, you know, having a more of a globalized economy. 
Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. So Vit, is there, um, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add on? I guess a couple of things that you definitely want to keep, you, you want to make sure the audience kind of keeps in mind. If you're starting a business, uh, just consider to have a platform that is uh, really user-friendly and uh, to, it's flexible enough to fit your business needs and flexible enough to fit your future business needs. So there, there are platforms right now that allow you to start business within one day and start operations. Uh, so yeah, it's good, it's great, it's uh, like good for your business. Awesome. Yeah. So make sure, make sure everyone or all the entrepreneurs that we have in the audience, make sure that you uh, stay flexible as, as, as much as you can. So exactly. yeah, that's, that's awesome. So Vit, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thank you very much for having me once again. Yeah, for sure. So for, I guess, well, I guess what will be the best way for audience members to either reach out to you personally and, or to turn Keylander if they have any more questions about, about anything. Absolutely. You have my contacts. Uh, if anything, you can contact me directly or uh, with, uh, from our site on Kilander.com. We will be happy to help you and we'll be happy to answer all of your questions. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. You've been listening to Fintech Fridays brought to you by NCFA and partners. Tune in weekly for the latest Fintech Friday podcast by subscribing to this channel. The National Crowdfunding and Fintech Association of Canada is a nonprofit actively engaged with social and investment fintech sectors around the globe and provides education, research, industry stewardship, services, and networking opportunities to thousands of members and subscribers. For more information, please visit ncfacanada.org.